0: You're listening to E Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Triple Whale. I'm your host, Val Geisler. Zoe, thank you for joining us at the e-commerce marketing school. I'm so stoked that you're here today.
1: Thank you for having me, Val. I'm so stoked that I was invited to be on.
0: I've been a huge fan of your work for a long time and the intersection of retention and customer experience and customer success and all those things like so important to me. I think it's really, I don't know how you could be a lifecycle marketer and a retention marketer without caring about customer experience. And you're such an amazing customer experience pro and you are a fellow podcaster. I have an incredible show and I'm just honored that you accepted my invitation to come and talk to us about reviews. Very undersung hero of the e-commerce world. So yes, for our listeners, our students at school today, we are diving deep, as deep as we can go in 15 minutes on in the world of reviews, your customers reviews of your products. So we're not talking like G2 and those kinds of reviews, like reviews we leave for our our tech vendors, but reviews our customers leave of our product. So Zoe, I would really like to start with I mean, I think, you know, I want to kind of skip past the what do we use to get reviews, like there's lots of review platforms, you can go and get reviews with and the kind of the tech side, um, leaving that to each individual operator to figure out what they want to do on the tech side. But really, I want to talk to you about like, how do we get reviews out of our customers? And what do we do with them? Because I think like, So often I see a single email that goes out like from the review platform that often looks very different than every other email. It's like, hey, leave us a review, get $10 off your next order or whatever. And that's it. There's never anything else. So I would love to hear from your experience with Chomps or with people that you've talked with or any consulting that you've done with other brands, I would just love to understand kind of what your um, foundation is for how to get reviews and then we can dive into like what to do with them.
1: So our review process at Chomps is actually kind of typical and I think that it, it really depends on your your business's style of like couponing too to like receive the reviews because, like you said, if your company is like constantly offering ten dollars off, to ten percent off, fifteen percent off, and then you ask for a review for that same value prop, I would say it's harder to get reviews, right? But if your company rarely does reviews or rarely does couponing and you offer that to your customer, then it might be easier to get reviews for that offer, if that makes sense. So I think that's really important to evaluate before you think about how you're going to get reviews because it might be more appealing to your consumer depending on when they can and cannot get coupons, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I actually would love to get to that point by talking about who we send review requests to. Um, like, Does it go to everyone?
1: So our process at Chomps, we actually we send it to our customers after they've tried a product. And I think we, we changed it to being sending it like a certain amount of days after they've it's marked as delivered. Um, we actually used to send it out certain amount of days after they placed the order. And we ended up seeing an issue actually because sometimes people would get a review request before they got their product. And then that's a whole issue. So that's like something big no-no. If, you, if that's happening, try to send out your review request after it's marked as delivered rather than as X amount of time after the ship or the order is placed. But we do, we ask for reviews in exchange for a 10% or a 15% coupon. They get 10% off if they just write a review or 15% if they write a review and share it on their socials. And we actually get a good amount of people responding to that. And we have thousands of reviews. Uh, We also... And we can get into this too, but we have a product that people love to review because they're just such advocates for chomps and they love it. Um, so that's like a whole nother part of it too. When we don't make that available to our customers, sometimes we even get responses to our experience saying like, hey, can I write a review? Because we also have it um, available on our loyalty program of ways to earn points, ways to earn money off your next order. And one of them is writing reviews. So we actually went through that process as well of why are customers reaching out asking us if they can write reviews. They should be getting these emails. They should, you know, like that whole UX. We actually... Um, redid that too, because we saw people are reaching out saying, how can, how can I write a review? And so we made it available so that customers can go to each product page and write a review, like link right to that product page to write a review as well.
0: So instead of sending them from the email just to like the homepage or a main, a hero product PDP, you're sending them directly to the page of the product that they bought.
1: So when we ask for the review, we do send them directly to a page to write a review. But from our loyalty program, we send them, now they can go straight to that PDP, click through the review and write a review just in case, because we also have a lot of retail customers too that want to utilize our loyalty program or want to also shop online. So we might have customers who are trying our product in store um, rather than online. So we don't have that history of them their purchase history because they're trying it in store too. So we like to give our customers a way to review the products on our site. Even if they didn't try it in on our site, they tried it in retail. I
0: could have a whole conversation with you about moving people from retail to online and vice versa. So maybe that's another episode. But to go back to the review part, so they're leaving reviews. You mentioned that people want to leave reviews and are huge advocates. How do you get customers who want to leave reviews who are actively asking you, how can I leave a review of this product?
1: So, it starts with a great product first. So, that's very important. If I think that's a big sign of having a great product, is people wanting to advocate for it, wanting to share it, wanting to write reviews. And then again, it's kind of like creating that awareness around reviews. If you want to get reviews, because, and if we go back to like the basics of reviews and think of ourselves at, in the consumer's mindset, these reviews are really important to us because you, if you, ha- you haven't ever tried it, you want to go look and see what other people are saying about it. So I think that's like the biggest thing is just having a great product first, and then creating that awareness around collecting reviews. So, like we said, like asking for the reviews via via email, having that available on your loyalty program or in your communities. Asking a big thing now is having those communities around your brand, around your products, and just asking for it is really powerful. You, I know that sometimes marketers might feel like annoying or whatever you're asking, asking, asking so much out of your consumers, but you can't be afraid of that because your consumers are your biggest fans of your product. So you don't ever have to be afraid of asking them to advocate for your products, to write a review if they've had a positive experience.
0: Yeah, the idea of wanting to give back to a brand, even without any kind of incentive offered up front is really incredible that you have this group of people who are doing that. And so it almost makes me wonder, like you said, you offer this tiering discount based off of what they the action that they take. Have you experimented with tested offer or asking for the review without an incentive? Um, because if you have people like actively asking, can I, how can I leave a review? Do they need an incentive?
1: Or like, have you tried other things? That's a good question. I don't know if Chomps has, but that's definitely something we should test, like A-B test the 10% uh, compared to not. Because I would say... We get most of our reviews do come from giving them that incentive. But like you said, we haven't tested otherwise. When we get people writing into us about, like, hey, can I write a review? Yeah, they're not really looking for anything in particular unless they're finding it from our page saying, like, that says get 10% off.
0: When do you have people who mention that in the review that somebody might bring it up? Or are they marked as, you know, where you see like an Amazon where it says, like, it's an incentivized? review
1: oh um I don't know we haven't had anyone bring that up no
0: yeah I mean I think it's like interesting when people see like oh that person got a discount for an activity that I did and I want the discount now even though I did it without having that in front of me you know
1: yeah no I mean we get people asking for discounts all the time but not related to the review Do you get
0: people who leave reviews across multiple products?
1: Yeah, actually. So we have different, obviously different SKUs, different flavors, and we can see this pretty easily where our customers try different products and we do ask them for reviews for each product. And they're pretty receptive about writing a review for each different flavor. Yeah. So we do see that quite often.
0: Okay. So you have review asks in the loyalty program. Is there like a little bit of a cross sell, not sell, but like cross, I don't know, pollination between the review ask and the loyalty program? Like, is that a, is there like a soft sell of the loyalty program within the review ask or is it kind of tied together? Do you push people into the loyalty program essentially through that initial review ask?
1: Yeah. It's interesting because technically like our loyalty program is like Basically, based on point structure. So, like, we're giving points for purchases, like, you know, your typical thing. But then our reviews are coupon structured. So, like, getting 10% off. And technically, they're so they're they like fall under one house of just basically rewarding our customers, giving them. Any type of incentive. So as long as someone's spending money on the site, then that's getting them into the rewards program, whether or not they signed up for it because. Oh,
0: okay, So it's not like a separate program they're signing up for. Yep.
1: Yeah. So like if someone didn't sign up for our loyalty program, but purchased on our site, those points are kind of just like sitting, like waiting for them. And that's up to us to create awareness around the loyalty program, the reviews and everything. So like, we're never going to hold that say, Oh, no, you can't start our rewards program until you do the X, Y, and Z. So the rewards are kind of tied to that as long as if they're getting a 10% off coupon, and they use that coupon, then they're spending money on the site, then they're in our rewards program. So it's all kind of tied together.
0: It's so good that you do that because the user experience in the other direction is like awful when you realize, oh, I've spent $300 on this website and I could have had points this whole time. That's a really frustrating user experience. So I'm glad you did it that way. And now we need to have a retail episode and a loyalty program episode.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's talk about how you use the reviews because I think this is where most operators and marketers in general like kind of fall short is actually leveraging those reviews i've seen some reviews in ads and the occasional thrown into an email but what are some creative ways that you've leveraged reviews
1: yes so we've done both of those and i think there's a bunch of different ways you can use them it's on like that micro level and that macro level so we look at the micro level as actually our every single review is actually reviewed by someone on the team and uh we review them and we publish most, like 99.9% of them are published unless they have a issue that's like a one-off that's not going to be helpful or productive for our consumers. So um, on a micro level, we're reaching out to any customer who's had a bad experience. So if they're giving a, a lower review we want us to figure out dig into that is it something that we can fix let's reach out to that customer no matter what whether we can fix it or not and just like let them know they're heard and then we bubble that up and use that internally um, just to improve our products so that's like on a micro level we do occasionally also reach out to customers if they write like an, a phenomenal review or if it's something that's like close to home we call those like our c4l customers our customers for life we like try to pick things like if someone said like it changed their life like Medically, or like this and that, we'll actually take those reviews again on that micro level and like do something special for those customers. So, every single review is reviewed internally. And then on a macro level, we are taking those reviews and like making sure one, they're on the site, obviously, but then two, they're being placed in emails, in ads. But we actually do every once in a while, depending on like what's going on on our marketing schedule, but we'll send out complete review emails so that not just like a value prop in a welcome flow, but like an entire email of just saying like, hey, here's what our customers are saying. And then use those like they said this about this flavor in a CTA to go and shop for that flavor. Um, but we'll do complete emails with that. And then even sometimes post them on social media. Like they're such a great way to sell your products where you're taking these amazing things that people are saying and put them on social media. Our little like CX uh, goal is always like, we're one day we're going to get one of those viral LinkedIn moments where like, someone's going to get our C4L package and they're going to be active on LinkedIn and post it. So um, you never know it, when you're going to get one of those moments too. So uh, yeah, but I think the biggest thing is just reviewing every don't just collect reviews like actually look at them review reviews
0: review reviews yeah review reviews everyone that's the takeaway from this conversation is review your reviews and then also say that 10 times fast (laughs) Um, it's not easy and reviews like in general are really good social content they're social proof I mean that's essentially what they are they're a form of testimonial and um, we did an episode with Kristen Jones from the suit shop on UGC and reviews are a form of UGC, right? Like they're they're content that are your voice of the customer right there in their words. Exactly how they talk about your brand, how they describe your flavors. Do you ever, and maybe this was like where it kind of goes from CX to another team, but do you know of like reviews influencing PDP, like descriptions, the way that you talk about like the descriptive language used on ads or in social? Like I feel like there's so much voice of customer there that it can be used across the board.
1: Yeah. So we do, the ad part is a little bit, we, just reopened our ads and s- restarted using ads because we had we actually were we had an inventory issue in the last like year so we're testing some of those things on ads now but actually um some of these things that people put in reviews we're using it actually just like opens up a door for people to give even more feedback and we use those things to bubble up to innovation even so um yes we're like using an ab testing Different saying different things in emails and ads and everything. But we're also just, we're using that information where yes, they're talking about that product, but a lot of times they'll say, we love this product. Like make it in, can we have this in Chomplings? And we're using that information and logging that information and bubbling it up to our innovation because we're always looking for what the customer wants. And that's another thing I think we're getting better at this, but not making what we want, but what the customer wants. And reviews are a perfect way to be able to collect that. And we could get down a whole nother thing on another podcast about surveying your customers, but just opening up that, that floor for feedback from your customers via review. It's a lot of times not even just about that product, but they're asking for more or um, different sizes, et cetera, about your product. So we use that a lot.
0: Um, Last question, because you mentioned surveying. Do you do any kind of like tagging of customers who did leave a review so that when you are doing surveying or other kind of gathering information from your customers, that's the first group you go to? Because I feel like somebody who left a review is pretty likely to fill out a survey for you, too.
1: Yeah, I actually started this group called The Flavorites. So like our favorites, but The Flavorites. And uh, because when we started writing, and this could be definitely a good way to survey and get information, but... I had that feeling where uh, everyone from Chomps was like saying, like we just had like this whole topic of reviewing and surveying our customers. So we had all these ideas of like here's the different topics we can talk about and survey our customers. But I was like, okay, but I can't send out six surveys to our entire email list every month. So our idea was create send out an initial email inviting people to this like exclusive community of getting feedback. And these are the people who opt in basically to like, they know that surveys are coming. They they know they're going to get something in exchange, whether it's a gift card, whether it's a swag item, whether it's something. So we created a, like a landing page where people can opt into this list and we call it our Flavorites community. And those are the, the people that we will survey um, more than our normal consumers. And it's more than just they buy a product. We ask them to, to review. It's another group that we can like, they, we've prepped them they know that they're gonna get this uh, these asks from us so it's like a whole opt-in group um, and we like to treat them like exclusively like and give them even like our early access to sales early access to new products um, in exchange for th- their very valuable feedback
0: it's one of my favorite things that I think every e-commerce brand should steal from the software world which is a customer advisory board that's what you have with flavors is like they are and and if you're uh, if you've ever been involved in SaaS you know that this is a very common practice a group of customers who are very likely to want to participate in product feedback in understanding like early beta tests of various features of your product. And on, I mean, it easily translates into e-com and I'm glad to hear you're doing it because I don't think enough brands are like really taking advantage of that and kind of just, gosh, it saves you so much time and energy developing products that nobody wants uh, because you have this whole group of people who are telling you exactly what they want or like instantly, no, I don't like that message. I don't like that wording. I don't like that packaging, uh, you know, whatever it is that you can, you can, run so many different things by them that um, they like represent your core customer. So that's really cool that you have that group.
1: Yeah. And just to pay you back off the conversation before too, we just recently sent out a survey that was uh, like an innovation survey. So asking our customers what they'd like to see next. And, but at the end, we, we opened it up to say, do you have any other feedback? And we got so much great feedback and like, it can tie into the review topic too, of just opening up the floor and asking for information or your what's going through your consumers' heads. It's just so good for like ideation, just for listening to your customers, getting back on that consumer level. So it is surveying and reviews uh, are just great for that to just like get back to like what's what do your customers actually want. Yeah, let them like write in their own words.
0: Because so many brands have kind of default to this like multiple choice or pick one of three or whatever, you know, I think that it's a real miss to not let them write in their own words. Yes, it is more work on your part to go back through all those answers. And some people are going to write five words and some people are going to write five paragraphs and everything in between. But the value you get from that and the time you spend parsing through that information is going to be time well spent on future projects because just you only get so much out of multiple choice and and bar graphs on survey results. So having that long form qualitative data is really important to kind of match with what are their buying habits on the website? What are we selling the most product of all that kind of quantitative stuff? When you have both together, it's like the perfect marriage of customer data.
1: Yeah. And for me, one of my biggest learnings from our recent survey of allowing customers to do that was uh, what needs more awareness? Because sometimes People would say like, I want this and it's something we already have. Or like, I I wish that you guys had a subscription program. And to us, like marketers, we're like, it's everywhere on the site. Like we and we're emailing to you about it all the time. So then I can like actually go through and like analyze that. Like how, why don't they know about these things? Is there, am I doing enough awareness? And so that awareness part of it was huge for me because I'm like, let's see what the customers are missing that we already have. And let's, what can we do better to create that awareness around that?
0: Zoe, you have given us so much more than reviews today. Uh, you're coming back on for apparently three more episodes. <laughs> um, and I, I just want to say thank you for being our guest professor. Um, if people want to learn more about reviews, about loyalty programs, about subscriptions, about CX in general, how can they find you? Where can they reach out?
1: Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter, Zoe Kahn, Z-O-E-K-A-H-N. And I just launched a newsletter too. So if you want to subscribe to that, I've been having a lot of fun doing that. It's called The Inevitable Newsletter. So you can find that on my LinkedIn and my (laughs) Twitter too. But yeah, we just talk about the inevitables in like digital marketing and it's a, a lot of fun.
0: I thought it was like inevitable that you were going to have a newsletter because you share so much. Same thing. Uh, really great value information with us and on those social platforms, it is inevitable that you would create a newsletter. It too.
1: is so inevitable. So I like that full circle. <laughs> it's so great. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, Zoe, thank you again. I'm really glad that you spent some time with us today and look forward to lo- continuing to learn from you.
1: Thank you, Val.
0: Thanks for having me. Alright class, make sure you're subscribed to eCommerce Marketing School. And huge favor, if you hear an episode you love, please take two minutes to leave a review. With Privy, anyone can be a marketer. Simple, intuitive email and SMS marketing that drives real results without the complexity. And before I go, a special shout out to Triple Whale. ECommerce Marketing School is now part of the Triple Whale Podcast Network. Triple Whale helps you easily manage and automate analytics, attribution, merchandising, forecasting and more in the palm of your hand. Check them out by scheduling a demo today.